Hello and welcome to Just Normal Men. I'm Jay, I'm live in Dublin. And I'm Brian, and I'm live in London. Second weekend and you forgot the intro. You did. You, I did. You I, did. I, I, I was actually taken aback <laughs> when you said I'm live in Dublin. I was like, oh yeah. What is yeah. That? We, we don't Brian, know whether that's, that's just something we're trying to be fair. It's not, it's not, it's not a definite. But this is uh, this is Just Normal Men, the podcast where uh, really normal men talk about really normal things. Mm. How was That's your week, Brian? How was your, how how was the week since the last podcast? Uh, yeah, it's all right. Nigeria are in the Afcon semi-finals tonight uh, against South Africa, so that's a massive plus. Um, there was talk of me flying out to where is it uh, Ivory Coast, but uh, didn't materialize. People too busy this week to, to get that organized. So would have been class. I mean, theoretically, still could happen, but probably won't um, at this stage. But would have been. Would have been class, uh, but they're they're in the finals, and yeah, weekend as you know, as I was saying to you before we got on, uh, ended up at a pub till six in the morning uh, on Friday, which wasn't uh, planned. Saturday, Saturday morning, uh, it wasn't Saturday planned. Morning, but, yeah. um, it's very much different uh, to how your life is going at the moment. How's your How's everything going with you? Yeah, all good. Uh, we're still in the the house hunting um situation which is obviously horrific here in ireland um as it is in the uk but pretty bad uh, when you're in it some some small progress that we're we're kind of happy about but um we'll see we'll see you can't you can't can't be um too excited because it's just one knockdown after the other but we're we're tentatively excited about something and then um yeah then we had kind of quiet enough weekend because a stomach bug started on friday evening um which um my lovely partner sarah picked up and then um our little man frankie was sick on saturday and i went to work and thought i was okay thought i had escaped it um and even went for points on sunday and um, we had our first uh st bridget's bank holiday here in ireland oh, yeah. which was pretty cool so we went to the pub during the day and um, i made everybody a sunday roast we watched man united win uh, which is a rarity, and then we went to the pub uh, to watch the Arsenal-Liverpool game. Um, I had about four points. I was feeling absolutely fantastic, and then it all changed, and life comes at you fast. Um, one minute you're sitting um, enjoying some lovely points at uh, club prices, um, GAA club prices, and then the next minute, you're thankful that the sink is so close to the toilet that you can be on both at the same time. <laughs> and do you know what's terrible about that story? That four, the fourth point, that's when you really just start to feel like, oh, here we go oh, now. It was great. It was great. And then we went, like, we were like, great, we'll call it there. Sarah was still wasn't feeling too well. I was happy with four points. Um, we could walk home. So we started walking and I was like, oof feel very full i was like i feel very full which is weird because we hadn't eaten we, we, we food was hours ago i was like maybe it's just the points on top of the food and it's not digesting properly and we got back and i was like nah something's not right and uh yeah it was absolutely horrific horrific i haven't been i, I don't really get bugs like that and stuff like i'm generally kind of a strong enough immune system um because mm. i ate a lot of dirt when i was a kid or something i don't know yeah, but yeah. um like oh it was horrible absolutely I horrible when, but... when we, we used to work in nando's and i remember leaving you know like when you said about clothes up and stuff 
and I got one of the lads to make me a wrap for my walk home. I remember walking home and eating the wrap and then probably like, you know, I don't think it was brought on by the wrap. I think it was just like, it had been brewed, but yeah. I got about 10 minutes. I lived like 20 minutes. This is when I was still living at home. And I got about halfway home and suddenly I was like, oof, I'm not, not feeling the, the May West. And there's nowhere to, there's nowhere to stop between the pavilions and my parents' house. So I started walking like very like briskly, like, you know, clenching everything. And I got in and it was I think horrendous. I think that was the last time I was properly like, I remember at one stage, like I had to crawl up the stairs because I was sleeping in my room was downstairs at the time to go to the bathroom. And my, my mother came out of her room and I just about made it to the top of the stairs. And I was like trying desperately to get to the toilet. And I just like not even... I just like bile came out all over the Ugh. bathroom tiled floor. <laughs> thankfully, I remember my mum being like, she just stood over me. She was like, "Oh, she's like that's like that's like your your stomach is has been yeah. so badly. It's trying to get rid of everything." Yeah, yeah, that's what past the point uh, of of actual whatever's left, the contents of your stomach. But um, yeah, I think that is one of those things. You, it's like you know when they say when your nose is blocked, and you really don't take for granted the ability to just breathe normally. Yeah, it's the, the same ability. Way. To not um to not vomit and shit myself at the same time was, yes. is something that I will never not take for granted again. I have I have a topic that I uh, before we get into the main topic, this is more just observations uh, that have re- has really annoyed me since about I want to say Thursday or Sunday night. I can't remember which one it was. Okay. I have another Sunday. annoying thing. So may so maybe we can this can be part. See, we're already making structure here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we say what we did for a week. We talk about what's annoyed us, which is generally what we would do anyway. Well, but we and sound like into... old men. Giving yeah. out. <laughs> well, we're not young men. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. I mean, I think we are in the context. Ah, of yeah, funny. but you know what I mean? Um, no. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. Here's no, my tell thing. me what, what has been annoying you. What, been watching... What's grinding your gears? <laughs> I've been watching a lot of rom-coms just because they're easy to put on in the background. You don't really need to pay attention to the story um, and you can kind of work and do whatever. So An underrated genre, I would say. A very underrated genre. Um, so I put on this one and it's uh, stars your man who played Roger Taylor in the Queen movie uh, and who I actually met last summer randomly. Um, and this American girl who I recognized from certain things, but I couldn't place her. Um and your man Rob Delaney's in it. Good and uh, basically, Delaney, the story yeah. is like incredible, incredible, and a great. It, yeah. I've heard him talk about his, his son passing away. Well, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I read his book. It's very, very good. The in the story, they meet. It's like December the twentieth, and they're in JFK, flying back to London. And she's she's going to her dad Rob Delaney's wedding, and she says, "Oh, you're also going to a wedding," and he doesn't correct her. And the whole thing is like. They fall in love on the plane in the six hours there. They end up sitting beside each other by coincidence and all this. And uh, it's all about statistics and stuff. Anyway, they meet on the plane. And the film is called Love at First Sight. Love at First Flight is is right there. (laughs) It's right there. And the whole, I kept having to stop being like, what's the name of this film? Love at First Flight. It's if you're going to make a, Love at first sight is a stupid it's name. It's a stupid name. Yeah. 
Love at First Flight is right there. And I can't believe that at no point did no one in the making of this film, apparently it's based on a book, but despite all that... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. How did no one in the making of that film go, do you know what's a good little pun here? Love at First Flight, because it's like... Love the amount of money... The amount of money and, and people that are around this and not one single person stood up and said, why don't we do Love at First Flight? I, I, or maybe I, they I did. And, the and they were like, oh, it sounds too cheesy or something like that. But it, Love at First Sight is 10 times worse. Yes, There's I agree. Nothing Love original at or new about name it. For film. Because it's just like, it, it, makes, it, it makes no sense. Oh, there's two, there's two coppers coming down the road on horses. Oh. That's fun. Um, uh, they're coming for me. They feel me. Um, but yeah, like I, it makes no sense. Um, to me, whatever. Love at first sight is a stupid name for a film. Um, no, but then the other like... thing that annoyed me, and this is kind of London centric, and made me feel like, oh, wow. But I probably would have done the same if it was in Dublin. In the film, they're like, oh, we're flying into Heathrow, and then they're very clearly at Stansted, like very clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and then well you know Stan said so like yeah you know but I mean? like I know I know I know again this is she gets onto the plane or she gets into a taxi then and she's going to Shoreditch and she's in Shoreditch and or no she's on the way to Shoreditch and actually they have these like overhead shots of the taxi flying through and all the shots are like her driving through my lens so I was like oh wow I live that's my local uh, tube stop and then she's on the phone to her dad. She's like, yeah, dad, I'm about half an hour away. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're not. You are maximum with road diversions, 10 minutes. Max. That reminds me of in Normal People uh, when uh, Cunnell walks home from Tomangos to Gold. Yes. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to walk home. That's a fair old walk there, Cunnell. Uh, <laughs> I was like, having done that walk, though, why, sometimes I, I, I had my 21st there. there. I had my 21st there. I know, I, it was so weird watching that. This, like, massive, and seeing pictures of, like, Kim Kardashian and everything, watching normal people of a yeah. room that was that I had my 21st. That was, that was uncomfortable viewing. I remember when that came out, because I was during lockdown, and I actually yeah. said, to, said to my ex, I was like, I... I actually can't watch it. I, I feel really uncomfortable watching this because I was like, it reminds me because it's that age that we are as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, early 2010s or whatever. I was like, this is too close to home. Like, I feel it like was. Was re- I'm there. Was very much so. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I've done that walk from Tomangos to my parents' house. And sometimes when you've been absolutely on it, it does feel like the walk to Galway. Like walk to like, this is never ending. Never ending. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, that that film, uh, that that shot of over my land. Oh, and then the other part was your man gets picked up by his brother, and they're going to peck him again from Heathrow, apparently. And they're just driving. They're going over like bridges and stuff in London, but they're driving the wrong way. Oh, up, they're they're driving north instead of south. And I'm like, that annoyed me. And then again, it's actually a very enjoyable film. (laughs) But then they also at the end. The, like big you know uh bit where they finally get together and whatnot he asks for a lift off his brother from peckham to greenwich which is south of the river probably i've cycled it it's probably about a 10 minute drive and for some reason they're driving through like oxford circus and stuff i was like 
I know, I know it's for, you know, to, I, I know it's to sell a movie. I know it's probably for Americans. And they're like, oh, London, I recognize that. It annoyed the shit out of me. But it was an enjoyable <laughs> film. I liked it. Um, but And then it turned Rocky out he was actually studying. No, but he was actually studying statistical mathematics or something in um, Yale. And his thing was about what are the chances of love at first sight. So I was like, okay. okay. But still, love at first flight. It's right there. Yeah. Like just, yeah, just I, I, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. The London stuff is a bit you're getting a bit into it that's there. pedantic but, I'll give you that yeah a bit pedantic but um i completely get the love as worse like what annoyed me this week um last week uh so obviously um <clears throat> with like it's it's very uh which is a good thing it's very cool to be like going to the gym now and a lot more people are going and it's uh, a big part of a lot of people's lives and stuff like that <clears throat> and with that obviously the influencers there's a lot of fitness influencers and stuff like that and they have obviously influenced a lot of people in the gym and i've noticed that uh, lads they all look the same so they're doing these like miming reps you know so they set up the bench and they don't pick up any weights and they sit into position and then they check what what you would assume is checking the benches in the right position for their exercise which is fine if you sit down and go okay yeah my arms feel like they're moving in the right direction last thursday morning i was in the gym and there's a fella beside me and he, he he adjusted the bench and he sat down and he didn't just like mime one rep with no weights in his hand he's he sat down and he did 20 full reps like this and proceeded to um, act out how hard the reps would be by the end of his set. So by the end, when he was getting to like 15, 16, he was... <laughs> he was like fully like miming out as if he had the weights in his hand. And <laughs> I was sitting there watching the whole thing going, this is not actually happening. I was like, he's full on with no weights in his hand. And he was like a fit lad, like clearly like knows what he's doing in the gym. So listen, maybe he's doing what's right. I mean, he spent a full five, six minutes just miming out his reps to make sure it was in the right position. All while pretending that the weights were in his hand and what sort of faces and what sort of sounds he was going to be making when he picked up the weights. But he it then was. did pick up the weights. And then he did, yeah. He went over and picked up a set of fifteens or something like. That. <laughs> um, it was it was absolutely ludicrous. Like I I'm not a fan of the, like I think there's certain exercises I suppose it makes sense for, um, because you could move the bench. But there's 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 lads coming over and like leaning over the the bench and like miming, like pull back. It, it's mental. There's loads of lads doing it now, and it infuriates me it's it's so ridiculous but the the fella acting out fully completely pissed me off i i i couldn't believe what i was watching it was <laughs> so ridiculous i wish i wish i i wouldn't ever record anybody in the gym or anything like that but i was like please tell me somebody else is seeing this like i thought it was being pumped it's ridiculous it's performative isn't it like to a way I mean, yeah I'm, oh it's always gonna be yeah. like that in, in gym but it's kind of, I think you're right. Like, it's, it is like, there's, I want to think of maybe a year or two ago, 
in my old gym and there was a guy like walking around in between all of his sets like huffing and puffing and, like, hua, hua. Mm. and eventually like this fella he actually then he had a go at me over um i was sitting on the leg press machine and i was doing like i think i doing like three sets of like i think it was like 6 12 18 or whatever and uh he came over in between my second and third set and was like sorry i left it i'm using that machine and i said pardon and he was like oh i'm using that machine i was like but i i don't whatever do you whatever do you mean <laughs> like i've been sitting here for the last few minutes and he was like i was using it and then i was like sorry i'm really confused i'm i've been using it for the last like three minutes because yeah but i was using it before that I was like, okay so i was like oh was there a towel or something and I was like, no I was like, what? And eventually this other fella this other bloke said to me he's like mate like that's not how a gym works and then the guy was like, and also stop walking around going hoo, hoo, in between. Like no one cares. And there was only like yeah. three or four people in the gym. Like it was late enough at night. Like I was like, no one gives a shit. Like stop, stop doing that. And I, I don't, I don't. It's kind of why I've I've got like a home workout thing here now myself because I much prefer doing it in like where it's, there's not this kind of like I don't want to say like toxic yeah, yeah no it is it is I hate that term and it, it, it is quite broad and stuff like that but that that is what it's oh, I hate that I hate that people feel like they would rather because like the the equipment's there the gym's there and it should be accessible for everyone to feel mm. comfortable and stuff like that and I think gym etiquette in general is just so bad like people are yeah, like, yeah. just so many lads just walking around, leaving these big massive plates sitting down on their phone for 20 minutes on a machine yeah putting these big massive plates on doing a couple of reps and then just leaving them there as if it's nothing like there's people that can't lift them off yeah, yeah. so then they're not using that machine or and, oh, yeah it pisses me off it's so ridiculous it should be accessible gym etiquette is one thing cinema etiquette now we've spoken to this before oh. not on the podcast in it since I think since lockdown, people have just forgotten how to go to theater and cinemas and stuff. Obviously, you'll have yeah. experience of it in theaters. Um, mm. went to see anyone but you on Monday evening, very enjoyable film, uh, just a good old fashioned rom com. Um, but uh, about halfway through, there's like a scene where it gets you know, you know, where the, the, the warring factors they start to open up to you know calm down and, and just like they're talking quite quietly and uh there was a couple behind me and they were i could hear them talking like whatever and but they weren't talking about the film like they weren't talking about the film at all they were talking about everything else and it got to this bit where it was the quiet talking and they're talking really loud like just an open conversation like we're having right now and she was talking about the, I swear to God, she was talking about the apps on her phone. So I stood up because I'm in my thirties oh. now. <laughs> and I leaned over and I said, they were literally right behind me. And I said, Hey, sorry, I'm trying to watch this film. And all I can hear is your conversation about what is on your phone, about why you have apps in certain places. She was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm really, really sorry. And then did 
sort of stay quiet for the rest of the film, except like when, you know, there's music playing or whatever. And I was like, do you know what? In fairness, the guy on the other side said like, oh, well done. Mm. Like, Grant. Then when we were leaving, <laughs> we were leaving, we were going down. She was talking, still talking, but like a lot. Like a lot. Mm. Helena turned to me and she said, I think, I think, not that she has something wrong with her, but um, no. I think she might have like an extreme form of ADHD. And I have ADHD, but I think she's just like, there's something you don't talk for because she just would not stop talking. Her fellow went to the, um, Went to the toilet at the end, and I was like, "That must be such respite for him." <laughs> he was like walking in, and she was like, "Oh, what you mean? Oh, 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 oh. oh, brain!" But then I was also like, "Right, I'm, I'm well, ADHD. Like, don't go to the cinema." I, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but listen, you can't assume anything about somebody. But <laughs> that's a bad. You know one. what I mean? That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know absolutely, but it, it's true in, in general. Like it's so so bad and I, I don't know whether it's worse like i thought for a while it, like every time i'd been to the cinema that people were doing it specifically to get uh a, a rise out of you, you know what i mean particularly t- to be annoying you know what i mean yeah. especially the places like around where i'd go to the cinema there, there's people that would do that that would turn up just to kind of look for a bit of a, a yeah. an argument or something like that so they're talking purposely so that you go back at them but I don't think that's what it is. I think it genuinely people think like, well, I've paid for my ticket so I can sit here and do what I want. Like mm. it's, it's, it's absolute madness. And then it's in theater, but in theaters and shows and stuff, it's exactly the same. Like the, with the problems we had with people singing along, it, it's, it's not the problem of the person singing along. Obviously you shouldn't sing along when you're at a musical that costs 80 pound for a ticket. Like, but yeah. it's the fight that it starts then. Yeah, we exactly, had like yeah. uh, when I was on tour last year, we must have had six or seven show stops of fights nearly erupting because somebody turns around and goes, Shut up. I'm after paying like nearly a hundred pounds to come and see this. I don't need to hear you squawking through Mustang Sally. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, um, and th- sure, I was there last week. Uh, I went to see Moulin Rouge and they did the announcement at the start saying, Please refrain from singing. Um, the songs because it's a jukebox musical so they're all pop songs that people know please yeah, refrain yeah. from singing the songs and leave it up to professionals and people laughed I was like what are you laughing at I was like that's genuinely what it is there's tickets in here that go for 300 pounds don't sing along like just yeah, yeah. leave it up to them and you can go home and sing to your heart's content in the car on the way home But oh. I have a great yeah. story about you uh, at once the yeah. musical in London, that was about well, about nine, coming up on nine years Maybe ago, nine or ten. It was twenty fifteen, was it? Fifteen, so it was nine years ago. Yeah, yeah. And myself and Jay were over in London for a few days, and you had like vouchers or something, didn't you, for shows? Yeah, yeah. I got vouchers for Christmas. Yeah, so we were like, oh, what shows you go see? And it was like we had like a few hours to kill, and we realized that Ronan Keating was uh, in Once on the West End, and we were like. Right, brilliant. Um, let's do uh, let's do Ron Keating. Yeah. Uh, let's go and see it. We went, and he actually, in fairness, he was very good. He, but I have seen that show four or five times, and he was 
probably the best. Like yeah, he, he, he was really good. And yeah, people are always surprised when we say that. But there was a bloke sitting right behind us, an older man, and um, and he said he just was like laughing in the wrong. Like, yeah, it's not really a funny musical. Well, it's a like, few funny bits, but n- yeah. not really. Like, but he was like laughing at bits that like weren't funny and weren't any sort of joke, like just random parts of dialogue. And he very like, odd. Yeah, loudly laughing. Yeah. And eventually he did it a few times. And you just were kind of like, kind of like, shut up, turned to him and said, or you didn't even turn to him and say anything. You just kind of said into, into the ether of the theater. You were like, laugh at the funny bits. <laughs> and he didn't make a noise. He didn't. It worked. And I'm sure everyone who was around us was absolutely delighted. I'd say well, they were. I really wanted to see that show. I was very excited to see it. And I hadn't seen it before. And he was ruining it. Like, stop. Like, it was, it was so annoying. So I'm sure everyone was thankful around us. I am one of the, I'll happily, like, um, Sarah is, like, she doesn't cringe. And she's always thankful if it does come up that I have to say something. But I will always say something. I, I, I don't care. I'm not paying that amount of money to go see something. And obviously it's, yeah. it's, it's something I'm very passionate about as well, and I I, I know how the the performers are feeling. So I will always say something. No, always. I agree. I agree, and and you're right. It, it, but it does make me, even though I'm the one doing it, it does make me cringe a little bit because I'm like, I don't want to do this. Oh God, like, I hate I it. I absolutely it. hate it. But I I can't I can't not. It's like a it's like a, a burning. Or I'm like this is ruining the experience for me. Yeah, agreed. Um. So that probably is 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 enough uh, preamble, I suppose, to our main topic, um, which is sports documentaries this week. Yeah, sports Last documentaries. Week, yes, uh, brought on by the release uh, last was it last week? Last week um, of the the Six Nations full contact on mm. Netflix. Um, we we watched most a lot of the first episode together. Um, and then I went home and tried to continue it, and I, I genuinely couldn't even finish it. Yes, I, I think it's the most bland, boring thing I've ever seen in my life. It's so I, like they this was their chance to really like it's already starting to pick up uh, rugby, starting to pick up a, a much bigger audience. It has a decent audience, but you even go that little bit further, and they just refused to expand on everything. And just show a load of rugby that only happened eleven months ago. Yes, it's crazy. Like it's madness. In a Six Nations that was probably more popular because the World Cup was coming up, so a lot more people were watching it in general. And all they do is show a load of rugby. I'm like, I can go to the Virgin Media Player and watch this. Like, I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't need I, you I to, think... to to describe everything that happened in matches. Yeah, I I completely agree. Like, I think. The, I got about halfway through the Ireland episode, which I think is yeah. the third episode, and I was like, mm. "Right, this is just like listen." I, I, I'm I, sports documentaries and that genre is one of my favorites because I always love to see like the behind the scenes, yeah, stuff. Um, I think currently, for the most part, sports documentaries have been a bit ruined because, and the ones that I'd be primarily interested in because 
they are basically being made to try and break into American markets. Yes. So, and it came from, and, and it's built on the success of Drive to Survive and what that has done for the F1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I was watching the rugby one. And I was like, this is just, this isn't very interesting. Finn Russell is like sort of semi-interesting. Your man yeah. Marcus Smith in the England episodes, he's just not a particularly like vivacious personality. I'm sure he's a really nice no. guy. But and, it, like, and it is great to, to see, obviously, him coming from a, a working class background and rugby being seen as such a kind of elitist sport. It's, it's great yeah. to see that. But he's also just like, you can tell he's not very fond of a lot of people on the team. <laughs> like he, just, he, he, just, he just feels it as much as everybody else. He's just a quiet guy that worked his arse off and is good at rugby. Yeah, but he's that bland sportsman that exists where like you ask him a question there and he'd be a cliche back because they didn't need to train to within an inch of yeah. their life. The only kind of interesting bit I found was um Ellis Gange, you know, and talking about his um his background in Bristol and like he kind of alludes to things happening, but then it gets to the point where he he he's about to open up and be like, oh, I went through this. And listen, it's his it's own personal thing. He is more than entitled to not share whatever information he doesn't want to share from his life. He says, oh, these things happened. And you're like, oh, but I'm not going to talk about them. And I don't ever want to talk about them. And you're like, all right, fair. But That's in absolutely context- fine. But I guarantee, like, there's how many people on the squads? There's somebody there with a, an interesting story that wants to share it. And that one exactly, yeah. But that was that was just my thing. I was just like, this is just that I, it's just rugby, I, it's just replays of the Six Nations. That's all it do is. You know what it, do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like, uh, you know, before uh, like the second or third week of the Six Nations, and you're watching like the BBC coverage or the ITV coverage, and they have your man Gabriel Clark, and he goes around and does like a kind of semi in depth. In- interview with yeah. some player and it's interspersed with clips of that player from the week before or the yes. match from the week before. It felt like hour long versions exactly of that. Yeah. It's exactly it. Yeah. And I was like, what what am I watching this for? Like I honestly like I like rugby. I'm I was kind of like, oh this could be interesting. You know there was I was just excited for it. Yeah. I I think it was just one of those yeah. things I was just I, I, I just didn't in the end I was like am I the target audience of this? I don't think yeah. they're trying to appeal to people who are already interested in watching it. They're trying yeah, to appeal think, to yeah, I that. Suppose. Like I've been, Drive to Survive, I've kind of gotten bored of Drive to Survive. I watched it maybe once. Yeah, they've like, they've they've ran that into the ground now. You see that? I I think that's what happened. With Drive to Survive, the first season was so incredible, like mm. because it was so in depth, and all the all the CEOs and everyone was getting caught off guard and saying yeah. things that really gave you an in-depth, not just to the sport. We we, yeah. we know the sport uh, because we all used to watch it when I was younger because it was more exciting and it was actually about good drivers and stuff. Um, and that's not to uh, disparage any of the drivers now, but you know what I mean? Like that it was so much yeah. more about that. It was so much closer. And it, it, like a team like Renault could come out of nowhere and yeah. just win the, like win the whole thing. Like that's what used to be. And then that stopped happening. And then, we got this whole new drama that goes on behind the scenes with with Drive to Survive and, and the documentary yeah. that they did. And then straight away from that, it was a steady decline 
from the second to the third and then they have a fourth and then there's another one coming out and then they have all this trouble with Las Vegas this year. Yeah. So the, the growth of the sport, it, it it's like it's not even what they wanted. Now they're like, oh no, we don't want this. And in, yeah. in the rest of the series, they're like, oh no, I can't talk to you now because the microphone's on. You're like, oh, like what, what, well, that, what am I watching this for? One of the great Netflix sports documentaries is Last Chance You. And yes, the first season, the very first season of Last Chance You is an unbelievable watch. Your man is is like he's he's unhinged and a mental case. A mental case. And then in the second season, the first thing he says is he was embarrassed watching himself back. And he, it the whole tone of it changes because Yeah, but not not they, as much, I would say. I he's he, He's still a, a mental case. But then, still a mental case. It just wasn't, but what as, they, uh, he, it wasn't as genuine, I think, the second yes. one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, which, but then what they did with that is then they moved on. They moved on to another yeah. school. And exactly. they found another mental coach who was even worse. And yeah, but that's what they can do in a in a sport. In, when you're doing one that's not about the entire competition or sport, you can just move on to a different team. Whereas I suppose in in Drive to Survive and in the Rugby One, nobody wants to know. You can't really go F three. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I suppose like that. So I, I think Last Chance You is the one that I hold up as kind of a recent example of Netflix like killing it with a, a, a sports documentary, um, and and the various different um, seasons of it, and also Sunderland Till I Die. It's also yeah. right. This is my thing. Sports documentaries are far, far more interesting to me when a team isn't doing well. Yeah, yeah. So like, the, the main thing we're trying to get at is like what makes a sport documentary interesting? What yeah. makes it? Because most sport documentaries are about some, they're obviously about something that already happened. And because it's yeah. about these massive sports, you can look up what happened the results you can always find out the results but what do you need to make it interesting and yes yeah Sunderland Until I Die is a great example of that it's, yeah Sunderland uh, Until I Die came out I can't remember when it came out 2018 and like it's you no know, they've always been taken over by these guys and they've got like they're kind of snake um snake oil salesmen like they're they're they don't really know what they're doing but they've got great confidence um and then there's that famous thing where they show like transfer deadline day and they've got like a list of targets and they're in like wallowing in the championship right there at the bottom of the premier league yeah. and your man's like why am i seeing zlatan ibrahimovic at the bottom of this list like you know ridiculous <laughs> stuff but then i think the same year that it came out was man city's amazon's all or nothing and it was yes. a, it was just it was the man city one was just like the only interesting part about it was when they lost in the FA Cup to Wigan, and then they lost in the Champions League to Liverpool. And yeah, that was the only properly interesting bit of that because they show you like from days, so the half time when they're losing to Wigan, I think Fabian Delph has been sent off and they're one nil down and they're all kind of fighting one another and are arguing and Pep comes in and he's like, everyone sit down, everyone shut up. And you like, you probably see him. Um, yeah, you see him Pep, you know what I mean, yeah. and and what we all hear about and what all the players talk about, and exactly. that was a real moment. Yes, whereas like when they're winning four 0 against Southampton and you know I don't know West Brom every week, you're not really going to see the real grittiness and, of it. So and because but, our but that season, 
yeah, yeah, like that season, that was their hundred point season, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, that's where they've suffered there because they they focused on this one team where that could potentially have been, and it could be argued as one of the greatest Premier League seasons ever. Mm. With the battle between Liverpool and Man- Manchester City, that could have been an incredible documentary to look back on now, a couple of years later, yeah, yeah. seeing like the, the, an amazing Liverpool team. Get ninety-seven points and still miss out. Yeah, to Manchester well, that, City, that who lost to Wigan in the FA Cup. Which, as you said, it was a great part of the documentary. But you missed out on all this whole thing because all you're trying to push Man City to be bigger somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think like the 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 Man City, um, like they're kind of guaranteed to win as such. So it's not as 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 yeah. fun or interesting, whereas like I think this maybe the time, yeah, this Liverpool one that's going to come out uh, about Klopp's last six months. A will be interesting because it's Klopp's last six months, um, but like there's no guarantee they're going to win anything. So yeah, it could be the yeah, Arsenal right. all or nothing was actually really, was really just good. About to say that. Yeah, because um, it all starts crumbling. Yeah, and you see and how they react. What... Even, but when they're like going to like Anfield and stuff, and he's playing the. The you know you never walk alone over the in the training grid. Like, oh, you know that's how you dealt with that. Pep Guardiola. I mean, all respect to Pep Guardiola. I don't think he's doing that. Um, no, so, he doesn't have to because he, he doesn't have he to. He has yeah. everyone. He has so the he, best mentality, the best sportsmen, the best exactly. footballers in the world at his disposable. At, at his disposal, disposable. Uh, <laughs> well, they are quite disposable as well. <laughs> they are disposable as well. Yeah, um, like. And that's I, I I'm not here to try and say that he's not good. You, you don't get where he is without being incredible. You know what I mean? You still have to have a good manager on top of that. But yeah, like ninety five percent of the time they're gonna win, and yeah. even when they lose, particularly in the Premier League, it's like oh oh, oh they'll be grants. They still got a hundred points. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's crazy. But uh, to bring it back to Sunderland till I die, and like you said, it, it's so much more. Um, interesting when they start to lose. Sunderland Till I Die was meant to be a documentary about their rise back up to the Premier League. And in the yeah. middle of the season, it all started crumbling and turned into this absolute shit show. Like yeah. a really, like, and the best thing was that the, the, the contracts were already signed. So they couldn't start saying, oh, no, you can't come in here. You can't do this. So you're, you're seeing everything absolutely everything the the real pitfalls of the club yeah um it's 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 amazing and and then the the obviously the fallout with the, with the fans and and everything and how obviously because Sunderland's such a football city as well the, the, how much they really feel it and you, you just yeah. see it like it, it's it's incredible it's so so I, good I love in I think it's the first season of Sunderland Until I Die and Chris Coleman's the manager and he's walking outside the stadium and this fan calls him a prick and his response to being called a prick is i have four kids as if that doesn't <laughs> like okay you can still be a prick and have four kids <laughs> like, or whatever i mean i'm not saying that fan was right to say that to him but it's like you need a better response than that um but something until i die is one of those is one of those it, it it's a very charming um kind of way of telling a story uh of going because it goes and talks to it doesn't just give this kind of like propagandized 
um from the owner's perspective kind of thing like yeah it, it uh, there's the woman who gets moved from the club to like the club's foundation and they show her like leaving yeah. with her stuff and they are yeah. kind of like well you know the subtext is these guys are pricks um yeah. and they should like talk to like fans and 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 obviously they talk to fans and other ones but like it, it just it, it felt more um of a kind of objective look at yeah running a football club then and they didn't like they left things in that you felt like say arsenal and man city would have been like no we don't want that yeah which Let is the, the the complete contrast to i don't know if you watched the newcastle and the amazon newcastle and... bits of it but oh my god it's the biggest load of hoop you'll ever see in your life mother of god the the complete like washing of anything look, look at us we're, we're not doing any we're not doing yeah, yeah, anything yeah. bad nothing dodgy's going on here and literally they're 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 fighting the the sponsor you know the sponsorship um rules that changed in the middle of that yeah. season so that you couldn't use your own sponsor on your shirts <laughs> It's 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 mental, and like, well, no, not not us. Like we wouldn't do it like that. Boring, yeah. As you said, propaganda to be like from the owners, to be like you, you can't show anything like that. We only want to see what's good. It had um, a bit of a, um, but the, the genuine authenticness is, is is I think is so important to hundred like, percent. What I think is uh, the first season of Cheer. What what obviously we've learned a lot about people who are on that show and stuff and uh, not the best stuff, but the first season of cheer, like, I think it's, uh, it's the girl Morgan and she's so nice and genuine in telling her life story and how she ended up where she did. And, and your man, Jerry, okay. Obviously we've learned a lot about him now. That was horrific, but at the time you're being told this, this, this story. And it's, if you take it at face value in what you're being shown, it is very, very genuine. Um, 100%. And and I think some of the reactions. I'm not saying that you know the Man City one and the Arsenal one or whatever the, the ones I didn't enjoy weren't weren't um, genuine, but like it doesn't feel like there doesn't there's there's no sense of oh this is real on yeah. I mean maybe that's my own maybe that my own no uh, no you're right clouded but like I, yeah plus was, I think it, Cheer had the benefit of it was something that nobody from air side of the um of the atlantic would understand at all like it was yeah. like just this brand new sport and then it had the the basis of how popular last chance you was because it's very similar it's it's actually kind of the exact same a, a community yeah, yeah. college that they go to but all the good ones that don't get into college go here so that they can work up the grades to go to a division yeah. one college um, and to well, see it like, in, I, a, in cheerleading as well was 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 crazy. Yeah, the other one with the, the cheerleading, the cheer one. I don't, I don't think it's in the second season. Is that they weren't allowed to use the footage from like the yeah. ESPN cameras, so they had to like guerrilla film it by giving it yeah, to the yeah. uh, when it the got to think it was like iPhones and like yeah, was, yeah, yeah. And that's real and genuine because you're like, okay, like these guys, you, you can, you know, you're actually seeing it from the point of view of the dancers um and it can't be that polished they can try and polish it up in post-production but yeah. they can't really um so you do you are and you do you you do end up with this much more authentic feel 
So I think and that that they, they lost, didn't it? In the, the end no, they won. They won. They won. They were the best bike. I mean, I know nothing about cheerleading, but I was like, yeah, yeah oh my god, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it was just great. It was. It's so so good. And then the last chance you basketball is yeah. very similar in that way. It's like they're taking like a very, it's the exact same as the the cheer and last chance you football, but it's it's an incredible story. Then completely affected by COVID as yeah. well in their very first season, and it's heartbreaking. It is horrific. So yeah, I I won't I won't ruin our spoiler for anybody. I really recommend anyone to watch. It's, um, particularly if you don't, even if you don't like basketball, it's it's just, because it's all about the the people in it. It's yeah. not a, it's not so much about the sport. There is like obviously sport and and the competitiveness and the games. You need to know what's going on in the games for it to to make any sense of what they're feeling. But it it's it's like it's it's this or nothing for these guys. Mm. Last chance, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it, it literally, and you feel that coming through, and it's it's torn away from them. Yeah, Jude. I, I think that, in sheer again, we learned horrific things about Jerry after, but the whole like big storyline was: Will Jerry get on Matt? Yeah. Um, will Morgan recover from thing, her injury? A thing that we none of us even knew what made it like <laughs> on mass. Like, and now you say that to anybody, and they know what you're like. Oh yeah, like in cheerleading. Yeah, yeah, cheerleading. But I think that's the that's the, it's these human stories that you're like, oh, you know. I think that's why maybe the Jurgen Klopp one or the, the Liverpool one coming out in the summer could be very, very uh, good because there's a human factor to yes. it. Um, in if it's centered around Jurgen Klopp and what he has done and you know people talking about him and, and you really care about him that would be that would be great but i think it, okay i will say there, there is an exception to the um for me to the uh constantly focused on americans rule and i think that's welcome to Wrexham because it doesn't try to hide that this isn't it it it, it very is obvious and says it from the start there is people build. watching this who are like, I know what relegation is. But they're like, we need to explain this to this audience. And you're like, yeah. okay. They make a joke about it. They're being funny about it. Like, because yeah. two, of our, like, two of the funniest people in the world are, are heavily involved in it. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think the story, the, the way that they do it in like almost focusing on a different person in each episode. Now, I know they do that in... in uh, full contact but it was just kind of like wasn't we didn't really get to know anything but they you know they went and focused they you know the 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 women's team uh the disabled supporters clubs like the players who have gone through something you know really terrible and and yeah. yes they do it in in other ones but if, if there's a certain way of telling a story um and whatever way they've they've told welcome to Rexham's story now there's a few episodes where i'm like oh this there's actually an episode where they taught in the first season where they talk about how Wrexham ended up in the position that they're in. Um, and it's very, very interesting. There's another yeah. one about hooliganism that was a bit like... <clears throat> yeah, you're, a bit kind you're, of washed you're, over. And stuff yeah, like. you're, simpl- you're simplifying this quite a mm. bit. Um, and it, there's there's elements of... In fairness, there's the, the bit in the last season where Paul Mullen's um, boots where he had fucked the Tories on it. And, mm. it, you know... It talks to Paul Mullen. He was like, "Well, I didn't think anything of it." And then it goes back to the club officials. who were like, "Oh, you know, we can't have that." Blah blah blah. And it doesn't really paint them in the best light in that story. But I think that uh, whether Rob McEnany and Ryan Reynolds have control of that, 
the creative control they're mm. not afraid to be like well look we we fucked up here so yeah show it i think they understand Absolutely. the premise yeah. of storytelling <laughs> Um, and yeah, and the and the the people they have brought in to help them as well are there talking about yeah. it and going. Rob liked the fucking tweet, like Jesus yeah. Christ, like what 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 am I supposed to do here? And that was the week that the the mate oh, I can't think of his name was on holidays and he wasn't supposed to be contacted. Yes, and yeah, this yeah, all yeah. happens oh, in the space of that week. Yeah, and that that's real. And in, and I don't I don't know whether the 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 second season the second season isn't as good as the first season. I don't know whether that's because everybody was watching them already mm. like wanting yeah. it to happen so you maybe you saw what was so you kind of knew what was happening at the end yeah but, and, and we'd already aware, explored right? a lot of stories you know what i mean it, it's, it's yeah small enough i think the, 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 the first season i obviously knew that wrexham hadn't been promoted um and they lost the cup final mm. um so i knew that and i was like talking to people who were watching it who didn't know that and i was like oh yeah. you are you are in for like, how exciting but, is that like yeah but you can't the thing with with that is like can't you can't script it like you know the, the fairy tale ending obviously in the end of the first season is they do win at wembley they do get promoted and the second season is about them in football league but i think it almost makes the series better for them that they start out with a heartbreak because we all like, you know, you don't want to see when you're watching a, a, a sitcom and there's the will they won't they couple the Ross and Rachel, you don't want them to just get together. And then uh, in the first season, and then you're like, okay, the show is completely yeah. different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You want to, you want to have that kind of like, you've got your hopes up and then they get dashed and you have to wait. Yeah. And then eventually yeah. it does come around. Um, and you know, so it, that idea of, of, I think that the idea, and it's 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 not just down to the people. Obviously, it's not down to the rugby players. It's not down to the to the football players. It's not down to the um, basketball players. It's down to the storytelling behind it. I think on Netflix yeah, at the absolutely. moment, they they have a a, a a a format that these things go into. Um, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, you know, Drive to Survive. The rugby one, the tennis one, I think it's called Breaking Point or something. So bad, so bad. I, I think the people who do the tennis one don't even understand tennis. It's yeah. it, it's crazy. Like it's it's madness the the way they well, explain things. One of stuff. the issues I think they also have, and I know that people who I don't know if you said this to me, or someone said this to me the other day. One of the issues they have with at the start with Drive to Survive was they are almost kind of creating storylines. Yeah, and, making drama. Yeah. And I understand that happens in documentaries. You have to tell mm. a story. It happens in all sorts of different... You have to tell a story. The problem is, in a sport that's so well-publicized already, people already know the ins and outs. So yeah. if you start moving things around... It's like the David Beckham documentary. The thing, a couple of things that annoy me about the David Beckham documentary. He's, I don't really know how I feel about David Beckham. I think, I think he's a bit of a dope sometimes. I think he's all right sometimes. Um... But like they're factual inaccuracies, and I know it's again towards an on football audience, I suppose in a way. But like the thing about him scoring the last minute free kick against Greece, to send them to the World Cup, and they make it out as if it was one all, and it wasn't. Like there was mm. other goals in that game. Yeah, and yeah, it, I know. 
it, it, it's kind of like it's silly like yeah i know yeah, yeah don't just don't lie like it's dramatic enough like it that free yeah. kick incredible one one of the best free kicks in a high pressure situation you don't need to add that when you're when you're making a sports documentary like you say don't don't veer away from the already established public realm yes. of knowledge like if you yeah. say oh people have an idea that um say oh beckham got into an argument with with ferguson and yeah it's been spoken about before by certain people but Beckham's never sat down and given like a blow for blow account of what happened. Um, I think Sir Alex is actually in that talking about. Yeah, he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. They will um, talk about it. But there is some parts yeah. that are that are quite good. And <clears throat> me as a Man United fan and a, and I'm obviously a massive David Beckham fan, especially when I was younger. Um, like it was the nostalgic obviously helped for me, helped mm. me enjoy it a lot more. Um, but then it just it just patters off towards the end because they don't. They stop going into detail. They stop yeah. talking about this. They stop talking about that. And you're like, ah. I was like, you're you're near, you're just just there, and they, they just pull away again. Like, I think the the other side of doc, sports documentaries are when they're fun. You know the ones they Absolutely. produce after Lions tours. Yes, and yeah, the and showing the crack between the lads. Like, yeah, brilliant. That, Absolutely. That's what I want to see. The like the yeah, the main that. the the only documentary to come from an incredibly successful team and franchise, and in my opinion, the best document sports documentary ever made is The Last Dance. Now you can yeah, compete so, uh, with that. Yeah, we haven't even spoken about that, but yeah, that's, that's <laughs> we haven't it, and that's why I round in about way kind of try to bring yeah. it back to it because we have to talk about it because it is the yeah. best documentary but that has everything it has arguably one of the best sports teams ever assembled in any sport ever with one of what people would argue the greatest sportsman ever ever yeah involved in it and they they were the most successful team as well but they go into everything the problems that they had the the arguments Michael Jordan himself talking about how much of a prick he was like and openly talking about it, and nobody shying away from it and that's yeah. it that uh, like obviously they it's well scripted well put together and they have this footage that that wasn't aired for over 20 years and it's very hard to compete with that and you know what I mean yeah. when you're trying to make a documentary about something that happened less than a year ago obviously that's completely different yeah but and you have a massive budget, Jesus like the last. Um, yeah, God. The last dance is 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 definitely the best that's come from. I mean, we're talking about like the major kind of streaming platforms here, the ones that they're because they're kind of the main ones that are being produced at the moment. And yeah. are Netflix are really going for sport at the minute. They're, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're trying they're to do live sports stuff as well. Yeah, they're doing But they are they're kind of like paint by numbers ones now. Like here is the narrative you need to try and fit he's in around yeah. it. it's like there's not yeah. much room for kind of creativity there um and we're talking about kind of amazon prime ones and the disney ones and i know netflix um is the last answers on netflix but i think that's the one because they put so much budget behind it and and the, the they managed to get like basically everyone who is anyone um in that period uh to be involved it yeah. also did well because it was kind of came out in lockdown so people had yeah. nothing else to do. yeah um 
the kind of normal people effect. But I think there is other ones, like if we go back, if, if we broaden that, you know, we've been kind of shitting on some of them, but like, I think uh, two just popped into my mind. Um, there's the 30 for 30 series that ESPN do um, in America. They're not widely available um, in this part of the world, but some of them are on YouTube and they, they everyone is like basically talks about like a different, um, it, again, mostly American centric, but they will broaden out. They've done a lot on football. They did one on Hillsborough. I think that's on YouTube. That is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and it, it doesn't try and like, it doesn't dumb it down for the audience. It, you know, it, 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 it just asks the questions. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's almost like a, they're almost kind of like BBC four documentaries. Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're that interesting. And then from home, the Locker Gale ones on, on TG Car, um, are so good. Like taking mm. someone from different, uh, you know, they're not always necessarily all Ireland winners. Um, they could have been like brilliant for Leitrim or they could have been brilliant for Mayo. <laughs> yeah but i mean like i said all our all our winners so you know like uh yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know what i mean like they they they're not necessarily high profile gaelic footballers or, or yeah. hurling uh hurlers or 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 camogie players or anything so to tell these stories and obviously they're slightly more interesting because they're like amateur athletes um, and they just have, like their mates to talk about how good they were as a player and, and because they're going back maybe you know 30 40 years um we don't have you know the amount of footage that we currently have of, of players we don't have the understanding because they didn't play as much um for their county so you know once they got they might have played the league and then once they lost one game in the championship you might see them again for a year so um they, they, i think locker gale is one of those things that, I, that every year they do like every every year every six months they release a list of like who is coming up this uh, in this uh series and like always really interesting and it's always just really, it's nice it's, it always kind of it, it's real homely it's like because they're talking to these players mates mm. the only time you're ever going to hear people say like waxing lyrical about these lads is like when they've died um yeah so and sometimes obviously the person is the subject has passed away but um the ones that you know where they just talk about these guys i think locker gale is, a, is an underrated one um if you're obviously for the most part in Irish, but um, with subtitles and 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 uh, if you're in any way inclined for Gaelic sports, I think it's it's it, it's a, it's a very very good series. But um, yeah, I think just I, I think one of what what we have been getting at is is that there is great sports documentaries out there from yes, let's say the past thirty years, but there's an issue at the moment with these paint by numbers Netflix ones that are coming out is that they're just. Are you the first word you said about um, full contact? And it was the first word that came to my mind. And it was the first word I saw when I saw someone, someone talk about it uh, on Twitter was bland. It's just yeah. bland. Like, yeah. And it's a shame. It's, it's a real shame. It is. But, shame. Um, so what like, are the, what are the, the factors I suppose in making a good sports documentary? Um, For me, number they need, one. They <laughs> <clears throat> they don't need to lose. They don't need to lose, but it it needs like internal strife. Yeah. It's like uh don't whitewash it to be like everything's fantastic. Mm. Um the, the Spurs all or nothing. Brilliant, because you just see yeah. um A, I think Hugo Lloris and Son start having an argument at one point. An argument. Yeah. Jose Mourinho Jose comes in. Everyone <laughs> just being himself. 
yeah. incredible tennis. That's brilliant I television. Watch, I would watch hours of Jose. Just, just give yeah. me Jose. Um, uh, it needs to be. It needs to be. It needs to be more as much. Uh, not more, but as much focused on the people. Yeah. As the sport. Um, yes. Yeah. That. That's. That's. Or what if makes you're going to do it on the court, do it like an in-depth. Like. Yeah. Go into it. it. Go into it. Um, Things that people wouldn't not that the average like um, person wouldn't know about, you know, or even yeah. even uh, somebody who's invested wouldn't know about, you know. Yeah, or if you're gonna do, don't make it like obviously just like post game analysis. Um, yeah, but like give give a, give a deep a deeper understanding of, of and yeah, I think a, a a good bit of heart is yes. very much very much required. I definitely, I think heart and uh, and authenticity and, and being genuine, they'll make the show. I mean, they make any kind of um, yeah piece of art service, yeah, better. But yeah, um, I like I think you you need particularly in sports, especially sports that people are massively invested in. Um, you you need to have that, and I, I feel and, like yeah, in regards to cheer, um, yeah, just try not have pedophiles in it. That's always good. <laughs> Someday we'll get probably... to the episode mentioning pedophiles. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was actually job. If we're going to talk about that, that was one of the most heartbreaking. I was oh so invested God. in that guy. Terrible. I was so <laughs> invested, so invested in, him. in him. He was the oh horrific. And then I was like, Horrible I though. remember that story broke on Twitter, and I was like, No, yeah, Jerry. Yeah, of all like, people. Did Jerry get on that? Did Jerry get on that? Oh, mass? God, man. God, man. Oh, just try, yeah, God. just try not have pedophiles in your sports documentaries and you might do okay. Yeah. That will be ideal. I think I think we can uh, we can wrap it up there. That's a good good chunk. Very that's a good place to end, you know what I mean? Just in life. Yeah. Try try not involve yourself with pedophiles and you might get by. That's it for me and for <laughs> And from Brian, uh, we'll be back again next week. Uh, we'll we'll figure out what we'll talk about. We'll throw it up on socials and maybe try to get a bit of interaction going, um, mm. particularly to help with some content. I, I, I had a, I had an idea uh, that I saw uh, Viola Davis posted last night that uh, TV shows and movies used to tackle issues a lot more, like head on. Like The Fresh Prince would always like, even though it was a comedy show, would talk about racism and gun crime. And you don't really see that anymore, so that'd be pretty cool. Do you want um, me to talk about racism and gun crime? No, not and racism. I just mean no racism and I gun mean, crime. I mean art <laughs> tackling the major issues. Oh, yeah. Like we're we're not gonna we are not gonna go there. We're already and two, now, two men in our thirties that just started a podcast, <laughs> and in the third episode, we're gonna talk about racism. It's time to solve racism. <laughs> let's 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 fix the world. Us yes. two people, um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe it'll be that, maybe it'll be something else, but we'll, we'll we'll get up on social media. Uh, do feel free to get on to us. Uh, just norm, well, I don't even know the handle. What's the what's the handle, Brain? Did you just say just normal? Uh, yeah, just normal, it's just normal men podcast, just, just normal men podcast on Instagram. Yes. yes, get on, DM us, and um, yeah, tell us what you want to hear us talk about or. Give us your opinions on this week's podcast. Uh, if there's a documentary that we missed, then we might be interested to watch. Hmm. And uh, if you're for me, on, uh, wait, if you're, wait, 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 I thought I'm trying to wrap it up. I'm just, trying I don't know. To... <laughs> if you're listening on 
Apple Podcasts, it is now available. So, way yeah, all those people. Not at all the current people. time of recording. Those two people that talked to me during the week to ask me was it on Apple Podcasts? It's now on. Apple I thought Podcasts. it was, so that's my my bad, but I will fix that um, right now. It's okay, it's there now. Right, well, uh, goodbye from me, and goodbye from me, and um, we'll goodbye. see you next week. <laughs>